Welcome to the Arts at the Arms podcast. Arts at the Arms was set up to support and showcase high quality new work by Yorkshire-based creatives. For our first step into the digital world, we are launching our introducing series, focusing on short pieces of art from some of the best of Yorkshire talent, whether it be song, poetry, stand-up or drama. After each piece, we'll be having a brief chat with the artist so you can get to know them a little better. A big thanks to Red Ladder Theatre Company for all their wonderful support. We hope you enjoy listening. For episode three, we're delighted to share Kirsty's Cottage Industries, written by Seth Wheeler. Hi, and welcome to Kirsty's Cottage Industries. In this series, we'll be exploring a range of ancient crafts, skills as old as time, and the people keeping them alive. Today, I'm at Woodbury Farm in the Cotswolds to meet Linda Shepherd, who's been honing her craft for years. Linda, hi. Kirsty, lovely to meet you. And you. Now, I believe you've got a rather unusual hobby, haven't you? Well, yes. I'm a murderer. A murderer? Now, can you tell us a bit about what that involves? Killing people, or murdering them as we say in the trade. And is there a particular way of doing that? Do you use any special tools? No, 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 that's the great thing. It's really flexible. You can use whatever you have lying around, whatever you're comfortable with. You start with a person and end up with a body. But in terms of how you get there, you really have the chance to make it your own. You know, I like to use a knife. My husband's more of an axeman. But there is absolutely the freedom to play around and try new things. (laughs) The other day, I was driving along, just ran a cyclist off the road. Very refreshing. Right. So was there any particular motive around that... uh, homicide? I'm not a big fan of grown men in lycra. (laughs) Understandable. And you're not just any type of murderer, are you? Oh, no, no, no. I'm actually what's known as a serial killer. It's sort of an experience-based title, just means that I've been doing it for a while and I've racked up my numbers. So, are there other types of murderers? Yes. You've got your one-offs, those who do just one or two but feel like maybe it's not for them. And spree killers, they come down for the weekend, try and get it all done at once. There really is a place for everyone. So, how far back does murder go? Do we have a sort of definitive starting point for it? It's such an ancient art. It's really difficult to get a particular incident nailed down. But we do know that people have been killing each other for pretty much as long as we've been around as a species. In fact, this is a cave painting from Le Sceau in France. Have a look at that. Tell me what you see. Well, there are two figures and one of them is holding a rock. Oh! He's stoving the other man's head in. Exactly! This is the earliest recorded evidence of murder and it proves that it really is an important part of human culture. But there's not many murderers left now, are there? No, sadly. It's not as widespread as it was. You get a few people every year setting up and striking out on their own, but in terms of traditional communities like ours, there's really only two left. One here and one in midsummer. Well, 
All the more need to share your skills far and wide then. And I think you said I might be able to have a go myself? Oh yeah, we'll get you behind the wheel of a car and head up towards the moor on the edge of town. Is there any particular reason that's a good spot? Yeah, the cycling club go there on a Wednesday. Come on. In Kirsty's Cottage Industries, written by South Wheeler, Kirsty was played by Keely Lane. Linda was played by Jeanette Percival. It was produced by Dermot Daly. This is an Arts at the Arms production. I'm delighted to be joined by Scythe Wheeler, writer of Kirsty's Cottage Industries, um, which we've just heard. Um, so, I've, yeah, thank you for writing this, by the way. This was uh, one of my personal favourites. Um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and um, where you come from? Yeah, um, I'm so glad you enjoyed it to start with. Uh, it's always good to know when you write something that is like a little bit dark and a little bit silly, like that it actually lands with the audience. Um, uh, so I'm originally from London and then came up to York for um, university uh, a few years ago and then just sort of forgot to move home. Yorkshire does that to you, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a city that you tend to hang around in. And obviously, like Yorkshire is just an amazing place to be. Um, so, yeah, I have stuck around here and been doing some writing over the last few years. And over the last year or so, I've been trying to get it out into into the public. But COVID's obviously scuppered that a little bit. Yeah, we know that well. Like we had three um, events planned this year, um, but obviously all of them had to be cancelled. But yeah, which is why it's amazing that we can do this now. So um, we're trying to think on our feet and do something a bit different. Uh, and hopefully by the end of this year, we will be back live. Um, thinking about Kirsty's Cottage Industries, what was the inspiration behind it? Because it is quite darkly comic and that's, um, yeah, that's kind of my sort of thing. I really like stuff like that. So yeah, I'd love to hear about what inspired it. Um, I'm guessing <laughs> you probably have dark thoughts watching Spring Watch and Country Fire and things like that, but... Sort of. Um, so I do enjoy dark comedy as as a sort of like genre. It's something that I quite uh, enjoy writing. And it is a place to sort of get out the thoughts that you can't perhaps quite voice otherwise. But um, the actual inspiration for this came when uh, I was away earlier this year um, and um I was in the Cotswolds, which makes me sound much posher than I am. I'm just really worried you're going to say you murdered someone. <laughs> no, don't be silly. The police have never heard about that. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so we were in this this cottage and there was a bookshelf uh, full of books that the, the uh, cottage owner had provided, including one called Murder in the Cotswolds, which had like one of those like cutesy lady detective covers on. And I was just like, what a book to put in in your cottage when it's set in the town that like the cottage is in um especially when it's being presented as like this sort of like almost not quite like light-hearted but you know um very much a sort of midsummer murders an english murder type thing and i was just thinking well what what would be a cotswolds murder and i decided it's probably a woman in a gilet with an axe like, <laughs> I just, I, I enjoy finding 
things like that. Like I'm always looking around for for things like that that sort of jump out at me as being like ridiculous. And have you got a personal vendetta against uh, cyclists or is that uh, just your character you've created in the piece or that's that's the character I created in the piece. Um, but you know, I mean I I'm not a fan of the Lycra Brigade. Um they they do tend to to clog up the roads. Though obviously I personally would never run them off. Again, just in case any police are listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm really covering my back with this interview. <laughs> um so what other things are you writing at the moment? So um I'm working on my first bits of uh stand-up, um, which is new for me i've kind of considered doing it before and then this year i was like actually i sort of feel comfortable enough to to start engaging with it and things and um looking forward to trying those out when we're able to have audiences back um and i'm also trying to develop um a radio play uh about um two guys that move to um a hell dimension by accident um and uh, they're human everyone else isn't and uh Again, it's sort of like the Vicar of Dibley meets H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, it's certainly looking like it's it's interesting. Um, but I love writing sort of short things as well. Like even if I don't have anywhere to submit them, just getting those ideas down, I think, is really sort of useful. Hmm. Well, if you're looking for a stand-up um, slot, where we had, uh, te- I think we had two or three slots for stand-ups in the last Arts of the Arms, and it's um, it's one of the things you want to carry on doing. It's a really nice way of just breaking up. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with a night of theatre, um, but we thought it'd be cool to just have things like music, stand-up, and just have loads of different arts. We even wanted to have a short film in some of the um, future versions. So, yeah, if you're looking for a, a slot to try out, uh, 10 minutes of material then um yeah do get in touch uh, we'd love to i'll have to, to i'll have to book a slot in it sounds sounds great um i love the idea of an open mic night that is properly open mic and you do get a really good mix of people in yeah hopefully we can help with that um thinking about influences to your writing then you mentioned a few things like darkly comic and stuff like that are there any sort of writers out there or shows or stuff like that, which you think are like a massive kind of like influence in the way you write or, or just something you're a massive fan of that you'd like to kind of, yeah, replicate? Yeah. Um, I love John Finnamore's stuff, um, particularly his uh, souvenir program, which is all sketches because it is that thing of taking a random phrase or um, something that, is is funny is ridiculous and just dialing it up and i think he's got a really unique style where it's all hilarious but played absolutely straight and that's a lot of what i go with with my comedy as well is it's the premise is ridiculous but it's acted as if it's not um so i would say that there's a lot of crossover in in that like i like to be dark but not offensive um and i think there's there's certain things like inside number nine where you've got those dark themes of like murder and mystery and revenge but it's not it it never crosses the line into being grotesque or being offensive to anyone which i think is is really important there's been so many shows where like i've got part way through and gone okay yeah i'm i'm out of here because it's crossed a it's crossed a line for me I don't think I know John Finnamore. The name rings a bell. I'm probably showing myself up here, but is is it a 
is he a sketch comedy writer or uh yes so he's written um john finnemore souvenir program which is on bbc sounds highly recommend um and uh cabin pressure is a sitcom that he's he's also written um i think he's yeah he's collaborated a lot with um uh dave mitchell i think so he's he's written quite a bit with him um but it's just quite a unique brand of comedy that is I find I find sort of really fun and really imaginative. Yeah, I think with comedy, it's a tough one. Like f- for me, I sometimes I like absurd premises played straight. Like you said, I think that's really there's loads of kind of value in that. But if something gets too absurd, like things like uh, the Mighty Boosh, for me, I know they're super like popular, but I always find they're a bit like weird for the sake of being weird, yeah. and they kind of lost the point a bit. But um, the, the thing I like about this piece is this is completely dead straight it's that exact scenario but it's a really quaint british tv show talking to a murderer <laughs> which i just that's a, such a funny concept and uh yeah the like references to midsummer and stuff like that i think are, are great and uh yeah it ticked the kind of boxes for me but there is a danger with kind of that absurd stuff where it can kind of like i don't know it just it loses me i, I definitely definitely and i think you're right in terms of the I think sometimes with the super surreal stuff, you there is a mistake of taking surreal as being funny because it's because it's surreal rather than comedy that is absurd. Mm. And like I, I think that is a sort of distinction to but between the two two different styles. Um and I always try and keep my stuff before like I, I try and stop it from going over to completely surreal and completely absurd i like to try and keep a good a good structure to it with a good like satisfying resolution as well even if it's you know we're going to go and run down a cyclist <laughs> and uh, yeah obviously i appreciate it. it's subjective like i'm a, a big fan of limmy the scottish comedian yes um, and quite a lot of people i show to show them to it's just i get nothing back <laughs> uh so yeah it's a lot of these things are quite marmite yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think like not everyone can like every kind of comedy and that's important. There's there's different types of comedy for different types of people. Um, you know, I really love the Mash Report. I know people that really hate it and think like not that they don't enjoy the people involved in it, but as a format it's not funny for them. And I think that's that's good, you know. It'd be very boring if we all liked the same thing. Yeah. So thinking about your, um, obviously no one knows how this year is going to go, but have you got any sort of goals for 2021? Any writing goals, things you want to achieve? Yeah, I would, um, I'd love to try and get a bit of a sketch group together to try and put some of my sketches out there. I've got a lot written, um, but obviously with COVID, there hasn't been anywhere to take them. There hasn't been anyone to engage in them. Uh, and and nowhere to perform them. So I'd love to try and sort of get some of those organised and, and maybe see if I can get a sketch group together. Um, ideally finish my radio series. Um, I've uh, got it in for submission a couple of places, so fingers crossed um, as, a, as a pilot. Um, but I think for me, because we don't know how the pandemic is going to go, I'm going to keep taking advantage of uh, empty lockdown weekends to try and write as much as I possibly can. Yeah, I know there's been like, uh, I try and stay off kind of the stuff which goes on, like when something erupts on social media, but I know early on it was like, um, 
oh, Shakespeare wrote all this in during this period in his life or something. And then everyone was like, oh, well, you know, I'm just dealing with the pandemic. I shouldn't um, have to put pressure on. I completely agree with that. You know, when there's more pressing life and death matters, um, those things take precedent. But I have found the extra time has been really useful for me and it's allowed me to kind of bed in habits um, well, I just like, I, I never did this, but the first thing I do every hour on the weekday morning is I just write. Whereas before, there'd always be I have to get somewhere for some meeting or go have, but it's been, it's allowed me to bed this stuff in and to realize how kind of important that is to bed in and to be a bit more um, inflexible around that in future. Um, so, yeah, is, is there any kind of habits you've picked up during this period about like, which you think, oh, actually, I'm going to take that through and continue that? I think so. Like, I've often, devoted like my evenings to to sort of writing stuff but I think the pandemic has made it it was a habit that I kind of lost and because I live alone um it sort of brought it back into into focus for me and made it something that I I have picked up again so even if I only do it for half an hour or an hour even if I don't actually get anything that I eventually use down I think it's been useful like you said setting aside that time and just saying I am gonna use this period to write because you know I, I can I've got the I've got the time and working like working from home has meant that I have got sort of more time and more flexibility around what I do with that time um which is is really nice so I think hopefully those are some some habits that I'll carry forward and continue to continue to write um most evenings because it's just about I think what I found is that generating good content is not um necessarily as useful as just generating content you can always make the base level good but you need to get it down on the page first definitely like I don't know who said it but don't get it right get it written is such an important uh thing I, I I teach some writing courses in in various places and I, I used to read and hear so many good ideas but there are people who always were there were serial starters they'd always start stuff and never kind of finish it and they come up with another idea and I think it's a real it's really hard to just get that first one or get get a full draft of something out um but like you said it doesn't have to be good you can make it good after but just getting out is the key I used to, I used to get so much guilt because I'd I'd hear writers say oh you know I wake up at half four and I write for three hours you know like just crazy stuff like I I never did. I was like a binge writer. Every now and again, I'd just write intensely for a bit and then not. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to carry these habits through, I think. And, you know, if, yeah. if I'm a writer, I sh- I'm going to try and write uh, most of the time, it, like every day, not most of the time. But Definitely. Like, I, I think the pandemic's also given me the chance to get the stuff that I would have started finished and to go back and look at previous things. I wrote uh, a full-length 60-minute play um a couple of years back for a competition and I've gone back and reread it it's terrible it's so bad like it was my first attempt at sort of like writing a script I didn't have any idea of how to structure it but the pandemic is giving me the chance to go back and have another look at it and you know look at the plot points that didn't work look at the dialogue which is abysmal frankly um and and sort of tighten it all up and get it get it um into a state that I am happy with um and I don't think I would have done that if I'd 
I've, I've got like a big perfectionism thing where if I get it down, I like to get it down perfect the first time. And I think having all this extra time is giving me the chance to sort of move past that. And just like you said, just get it written. But you're very brave going back to this, the first things you wrote. I don't think I'll ever, ever, ever look at some of those again, to be honest. But. Oh, I opened it, um, stared open mouthed in horror, uh, drank quite a bit and then closed it and, and just bathed in shame for about three days before opening it again. Like I was just shocked at how bad it was. Um, mine's at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and I think that's that's where it will stay. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been really really great chatting to you, uh, Scython. It's uh, again, it's, it's a really nice, funny, darkly comic piece, and in such a short space of time, it's really hard to kind of um, do a lot. And uh, I think this does. So yeah, well done. Thank you. Before we go. Just to say, um, actually, something that jumped into my head was sketches is another thing we do. So um, I've written quite a few sketches. And um, in the first one, I put on quite a few sketches. We were looking for more. Um, one of the rules of Artsy Arms is we never reuse creatives. So um, if you did stand up one, you couldn't do anything in the next one. But at the one after that, you could do sketches or something like that. So cool. um, yeah, yeah, get in touch with those. And I know quite a few good actors. Um, hopefully some listen to this who'd, who'd love to be involved as well. So if you need any help on that, um, yeah, drop us an email. Sounds close. Yeah. So before we finish, um, where can people find you? And it's absolutely fine to say nowhere for this as well. Like I appreciate uh, a lot of us writers are introverts and don't want people uh, finding us necessarily. So if you don't have any socials or anything like that, that's fine. Uh, I have a Facebook page that has uh, about um, two or three likes uh, because I barely use it. Uh, I am making the effort to try and use it a bit more, uh, but that's probably the best place for people to find me. I can send you the link to that. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah, thank you very much. We all enjoyed it and um, hope to hear more from you again. No, look forward to seeing it done soon.